Welcome back to another episode of Chai Spirits, guys. I'm John. I'm Parker. And we're joined with a special guest today, Andrea. Hi, I'm Andrea. And we have producer Jenny here. Hey, guys. Today we're going to be uh, taking a look at a very, very special distillery again, Old Forester. Um, but first, let's talk a little bit about what's happened since the last podcast recording, our special Clyde Mays uh, episode. Anything happen of note, Parker? Well, as many of you probably know, Alabama lost to Georgia in the national championship game. Horrendously. You know, it was a close game until... Until it wasn't. Until it wasn't a close game. Yeah. <laughs> as a big sports enthusiast, I definitely watched the game. Yeah. <laughs> and you did tell me that you were very happy that everybody had fun. Yes. Everyone <laughs> had a great time. Mm-hmm. Except but, the team that lost. But and, yeah. even though Alabama lost, Clyde Mays, the whiskey, is still around. So yeah. And it they, won. They survived. <laughs> yep. So we've talked a lot about Old Forester in the past episodes. You might recall from the many episodes you've listened to, listener, uh, that the third episode was dedicated to some of the more uh, staple products of theirs, but also we had an episode uh, specifically about the 150th anniversary. Yeah. I mean, it's safe to say that Old Forester is one of our favorite whiskey brands. Are you saying that just because I'm wearing a sweater that says says Old Old Forester on it? Yes, I am. By the way, it's an Old Forester Christmas sweater to be specific. I'm saying it because you have multiple bottles of Old Forester around your apartment. That's true. That's also true. Also, don't judge me for wearing an Old Forester sweater, even though it's July. And Old Forester artwork around your, your home as well. I'm sure everybody who listens to this podcast has vintage Old Forester ads hanging on their walls. <laughs> so I'm very confident we're going to get a very objective take on all of these bottles we're trying today. Oh, yeah. And... You know what, John, tell us a little more about Old Forester for those who have not listened to our earlier episodes on the subject. I'll give you just a brief rundown on it. Mm. Founded by George Garvin Brown in 1870, and it's named after his old pal, Dr. William Forrester. That dude spelled it with two R's, but they dropped this middle R because somebody was drunk when they were writing the label, probably. Not really. I just made that last part up. <laughs> Could be. Uh, it's still family-owned today. Um, so fifth-generation Brown family member Campbell Brown became president of Old Foe back in 2015, and he's the great-great-grandson of the founder, George Garvin Brown. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Is Old Foe a commonly used name for this, or just among this, among you guys? The two of us? Yeah. Um, I've heard other people use it. Yeah, I think yeah. plenty of people are shortening it to that. So you may bring that to others too, Andrea. Great, I will. Yeah. Um, oh, and a word about our special guest. Um, Andrea is... Not just anybody from the uh, whiskey scene. She's a certified Irish whiskey taster. It's true. Um, I was in Ireland studying abroad, uh, went to the Jameson Whiskey Distillery, and volunteered to take about five shots of whiskey right in a row. And then I got a certificate <laughs> that said I was a certified Irish whiskey taster. So truth be told, I'm I'm not the biggest whiskey expert, but I do have that credential. <laughs> I think the most important thing about being a whiskey expert is the willingness to just drink. Yep, I have that. So, And that's why we have you here today. Sold. <laughs> yeah. So um, <clears throat> very exciting about Old Forester. This is the, we're dedicating this to Whiskey Row and a couple of extra items that we'll talk a little bit about. Um, what's kind of cool about Old Forester and Whiskey Row is that in 2018, you know, when Prohibition happened back in the 30, 20s, 30s, um, Whiskey Row in Louisville cleared out, right? There's nothing left because you couldn't make whiskey, really. So Old Forester left. But in 2018, they returned to Whiskey Row in the same building that they were in from 1882 to 1919. And it's the only downtown Louisville distillery housing an active cooperage. That is, they're charring their barrels that they're putting their stuff in. So that's kind of cool, too. I'm excited to go visit it here pretty soon. Yeah. So actually, Andrea and I were there this past weekend. Yeah, we were just there this past weekend. Um, Didn't do a tour, but got to browse around a little bit. It was really pretty. Um, And John was wearing this same old Forester sweater. So he got a lot of special treatment. Getting a lot of calls out on that. (laughs) He loves that sweater. <laughs> yeah. But it was it's a beautiful distillery to visit. Um, you know, the downtown. It's not where they do all of their stuff, but they do a little bit there, kind of um, kind of niche. And what's cool is you can walk in, you can see the still, you can the gift shop is where their main still is for that um, part of their distillery. And so it's just kind of like a cool space to pop in. Um, now, but, I was gonna say, John, now what can you tell us more specifically um, regarding today's 
specific tasting about Whiskey Row. <clears throat> well, so Old Forester introduced their Whiskey Row series so that you can taste the history of Old Forester. That's the idea behind it. You can taste through the history. Four expressions in Whiskey Row, uh, each representing a moment in the 150-plus year history. So 1870, the original batch whiskey. 1897, bottled and bond. 1910, old fine whiskey. And 1920, prohibition style. So those are the, those are the four we're going to taste. They all have the same mash bill. In, we don't know what that mash bill is. They don't, well, if they're the same mash bill, John, what's the difference? Well, the difference is they have, um, they're aged differently, they're batched differently, um, and they're proofed differently. Also, one of them is double-barreled. We'll talk more about that. So I know which one. Yeah. <laughs> but the we list, don't. Yeah, okay. it's, it's not a contest, you're right. Until it is. <laughs> um, all these are well-decorated at you know, various spirits competitions, if that's what you're into. Um, Old Forester website has a, a cocktail recipe for each one, so that's kind of cool. Um, and today we're going to taste through those four, but we're also going to taste in um, something that's kind of cool um, that we'll talk about a little bit later on, but an expression that fans have come up with that's between the 1910 and the 1920. It's a little mixture. They call it the 1915. So we're going to taste that. And because we were able to get a bottle of this, uh, we're going to try the Old Forester Birthday Bourbon release this year. We'll talk more about whose birthday that celebrates. Fantastic. Well, I'm really excited to try all these things, but first, let's hear just a quick word from our sponsor. We're back. So we're going to start off with the 1870. Um, anybody have any idea why it's named that? Because the original, the original batch whiskey was made in 1870. That's right. <laughs> that would explain why the 150th anniversary just came out recently. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Yeah. So... This was the first bottled bourbon in America, and the reason why that matters is because before 1870, if you wanted to get whiskey, you'd go to your like grocery store, the Jewel Osco of the day, and you would just get, take from a, a barrel sitting there, and you don't know what that purveyor of spirits was putting in that barrel. It was hopefully liquor and maybe prune juice, maybe all sorts of other stuff. So you, um, George Garvin Brown produced the first bottled whiskey as sort of like a consumer protection and he batched it from three distilleries so that um, it kind of had this um, batching process made sure that there was some flavor consistency across the products. So, um, oh, and the other thing that he did that was kind of cool is he signed each bottle, which back in the day, I think he, I think he must have done that by hand because... Oh, you mean he had to. Right? There's no way he could do, not... There's no glass etching going on back then. <laughs> or like, I mean, even like printing wasn't a real thing. Yeah. So, so that's kind of cool. Um, and today, 1870, the, the re-release of this is um, still batched from three warehouses owned by um, Old Forester, so that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Each barrel originates from a different day of production, different entry proof, and different age. So um, this bottle has kind of a, a mingling going on in it. But it's, uh, it's the, it's the bottle's 90 proof, though, at the end of the day, right? Right. So they batch it down to 90 proof. Mm -hmm. And um, just like the original proof that Old Forester was leased at. Very cool. Yeah. So I say we get to it. All Wait. right. We start by smelling, Andrea. Ah, good to know. Good tip. When you're taking those five <laughs> shots at uh, Jameson, you probably didn't take time to smell that. I was not. <laughs> <laughs> that was not an instruction. I got butterscotch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that's going to be a constant refrain. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. Common. I smell butterscotch now because you said it. That's how I started out when yeah. I first started like tasting bourbons. Is like when people mention it, I can get it. Yeah, I'm I'm getting like vanilla. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. each of those things. Those are all mm -hmm. pretty common whiskey mm -hmm. um, smells, scents. Well, that's not too shabby. No, that's um. I'm getting a little bit of um. A little heat up front, but that's probably because we just opened this bottle for the first time. And we literally didn't even give it much time to air out. But are you picking up any other flavors, anybody? I'm just enjoying the burn. <laughs> <laughs> it does have a, it does have some heat on this one for sure. Mm -hmm. Which is funny because it's only 90 proof, but it definitely it drinks a little hotter than that. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that, I agree. that that's probably because again we just opened this. But yeah, I get, a, I get a little spice too. Um, I get there's the definitely finish. some spice there, mm -hmm. like baking spice. Yeah, by the finish, I don't really get much heat, like nutmeg or something. 
Oh, yeah. Well, so I'm looking at the, the distillery's tasting notes here, and they say baking spices on the um, mm. as one thing to pick up on. Hey. And part of the finish, a little bit of spice. So mm-hmm. um, I don't, yeah, I don't, I guess maybe get a little bit of the citrus that they've mentioned in the notes, but. Yeah, that didn't come through to me. It's pretty subtle. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I can see that, but it's definitely pretty subtle. I think I thought it would taste a little sweeter based on the smell. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's very sweet. That's fair. That's really fair, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. I don't think um I don't think this really is. But you can imagine this like kind of mixing a cocktail being a little bit a little bit easier. The old Forester cocktail they had was uh it's called Urban Jungle, which we won't really get into, but it's got pineapple juice, Campari, lime juice, and old their old fashioned syrup. So maybe that'll make it a little bit more palatable. Mm-hmm. Very cool. But yeah, I mean you know, um, you know, I liked it. It's yeah. his. I haven't had, actually. It's been a while since I've had that particular expression. I don't know if I ever have. So I am curious to see a side. I've never actually done a side by side with these before, so I'm very excited at the at the prospect. Yeah. So the next one that we're going to try is um, <clears throat> the 1897. That's named after the year the Bottle and Bond Act was passed. You guys know the Bottle and Bond Act, right? I don't. I don't. <laughs> Uh, well, so that was the I nation's <laughs> first consumer protection law. Before there was any sort of FDA, the country was concerned about making sure that its whiskey was pure. Um, and again, remember when I said that um, the reason why this mattered, that this was um, the first bottle of bourbon? Well, the same is kind of true for the Bottle and Bond Act because people were not sure what they were drinking, even in some of the bottles that they were getting at various places. So... Um, a lot of the big distilleries in Kentucky uh, lobbied Congress to pass the Bottled and Bond Act. And what it, what it said was, if you want to put a guarantee on your bottle that this is bonded, it's um, got this special certification, then you have to, you have to um, do a few things. One, you have, it, the bourbon has to come from one distillery, one season, aged in a federally owned warehouse for at least four years, and bottle that 100 proof. If you do all that, um, you can put bottled and bond in your label. And if you don't have bottled and bond in your label, you can't charge as much. It's not as you know quality of a product. Yeah, I mean, basically, it was proof that this wasn't going to poison you. And <laughs> there's a certain level of quality. If that's what you're into. Yeah. I enjoy having that assurance. Mm-hmm. They so, do that more with like wines and things like that a lot. That like is a lot of different regions. Very big in yeah. the wine industry. Yeah. Do they do? Oh. It's a, is it bottle and bond, or does it say something? No, different? it's called something different. But well, it's different in different regions um, for what they're. Yeah, for, in France doing. and Italy, it's different. It's, like it's like AOC, D-O- DOC, and AOC. Yeah, depending on which country you're in, and so like Bordeaux and Champagne and places like that, they have their own rules and regulations, and you have to meet a certain yeah. quality. You can only call it this if it's been. It, um, grown here or whatever. Yeah, grown here, harvested at this time of year. Yeah. A lot of uh, prerequisites to meet. Um, similarly, though, because if you're drinking a bourbon, it's got a, a bottle and bond bourbon. You're, it's got to meet those qualities. Similarly, like a cognac, even a even a bad cognac is still a cognac versus just a brandy. Oh, okay. Because it's got to be grapes are, were grown in cognac, France, and they were all – there was certain procedures met to assure a certain level of quality. Somebody's got to wake Andrea up. Just give her a little poke. There you go. Well, that's we're gonna move on from that yeah. one. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all honesty, it's cool. Um, so let's give this one a try. Let's. Wow, this has a really different nose from the, what we just. It does. It's um. What's, what's funny is this is uh, ten points higher proof, and yet smells less. Yeah, I think um, I smell coffee. I get almost like um, I don't want to say anise. But I, oh, I yeah, know, yeah. yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. Say what? Anise. Like, it's like, um, it's not that. It's not that. Well, what am I smelling? He's talking about, like, a, a, is it an herb or is it a Yeah, maybe spice? it's more herbal. You know what? Let me grab my handy-dandy flavor wheel. <laughs> good, gra- good gracious, okay. that bourbon's herbaceous. Good gracious. It's definitely, like, kind of um, sweet, but also it's got something else that's kind of cool. I can't quite pick up what that is. I feel like it smells almost like a liqueur, like a dessert liqueur. Oh, yeah. I can totally get behind that. Mm. Definitely get some vanilla there. 
maybe even a little butterscotch. That's nice. Yeah. It's pretty smooth. Mm-hmm. Some smooth juice. Mm-hmm. It is actually, I mean, it is pretty smooth. Yeah. Isn't it funny though? Nope. It's 10 There's, points higher, but. It, it's funny because, yeah, the, like the last one had a lot of heat to it at 10 less proof. Yeah, it, this it, one, it drinks easier than the, the 90, 90 proof. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it doesn't have as much baking spice to me on this one, but it's, it's like almost closer to like a honey and with a little black pepper or something. Those are kind of what I'm. I feel like it's not quite as um, flavorful as the last one, though, too. Mm. I feel like the 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 flavors I'm getting are a lot more subtle. I'm not gonna lie, I like this better than the first one. I do too. Same. Mm. Well, and I, well, I don't disagree that maybe it doesn't have as much flavor going on. I feel like it's the, the flavor it does have is much more pleasant sure. and appeasing. Yeah, I agree. Not that I didn't like the first one, but the first one was fine. This is. Good. You know what? Good. It could be also this. The first one was just a straight bourbon, which mm-hmm. means that it's at least two years old. So you might have some stuff in that's less than four. But this is guaranteed to be at least four years old. And yeah. I think that you well, know yeah. age matters sometimes. Well, that definitely helps round out some of the harsh edges on a bourbon when you get to that four years. Yeah. You know how we're always saying that age matters? I think it really does. <laughs> so you're trying to entrap me yeah. into, <laughs> a, into an inappropriate joke, and I'm not falling for it. <clears throat> Not yet, at least. Yeah, I should have waited till later. In the yeah, episode. wait till he's had a few more. Yeah. All right. Well, <clears throat> you guys ready to move on to the next one? Heck yeah. Okay, the next one is pretty exciting. This one is kind of weird. It's called the 1910, and the reason why is that it was. It's named after the year there was a huge fire at the distillery. We're talking about fire, folks. Here in Chicago, it's like a dirty word. Um. So. In October of 1910, a fire destroyed the bottling line. So we had all this whiskey sitting in barrels ready to get bottled, but there's no bottle production to be done. So they had to re... I guess they didn't want to sit in the same barrels, so they put them in a second barrel is the story. I I imagine the exterior had some light fire damage that they had to... Oh, some leaky barrels and stuff. Yeah, you just think, oh, we've got to get these out of here, get these in new barrels before... Before we lose it. (laughs) in, In case the structural integrity of these barrels has been compromised. That's probably exactly what happened. So, and I believe uh, that that was the first time they had done double barreling. That's what that's what Old Forester claims, and yeah. nobody has been like, "Hey, you're lying." So, I think that's kind of how whiskey legend gets created. Um, so they reintroduced this in late 2018. I don't know if you remember this, Parker, when this came out, uh, 1910. I do remember it because it flew off the shelves. Yeah, they. Well, we had a conversation with. Uh, Jackie, the master taster, on the subject. Well, um, we were were we texting her about that, or are we? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that was in person. Um, yeah. But she was saying that they, well, I don't know if underestimates the right word, but they d- did not expect the massive popularity of this. So it just it sold out. They made. When did it come out? In uh, 2018. 2018. Okay. It was like right around like I think it was the fall, and because I remember by Christmas I was like, oh, I want to like bring a bottle of this to mm-hmm. you know gatherings and couldn't find it. Yeah. It I was, don't. I don't know that I realized that these have only been around for a few years. I thought they had been around for a lot, a long time. Well, the first two that we had were around before that. Okay. I, I'm not exactly sure, and I didn't see on the website when they reintroduced that. Mm. Um, but this one, the last two are a little bit more new. In the 1910 it was the last to be added to the whiskey. Yeah. And, okay. and yeah, there was a solid six months, maybe longer, where you just couldn't, you couldn't get find it. it. They, just, yeah. they, they sold it all. Yeah. But they, that was not the aim, right? Like some bourbon distilleries, they're like, hey, we want to put something on the shelf so it flies off the shelf and people have to ask about it and, you know, be exclusive. But this was supposed to always be available. You could walk into any liquor store that has the whiskey row yeah. and find it. Yeah, they just didn't anticipate the massive popularity of it. Now, I am on record saying this is my favorite of this line. Uh yeah, I've I've also been on record saying that, so. That uh, it's Parker's favorite or yours? That is mine. <laughs> okay. Now, I, it has been quite some time since I did a side by side with these, so yeah. I'm very interested. Also, Andrea doesn't have a record on this, so yeah. I let me state for the record, I have no record on this. <laughs> All right, it's on the record. I haven't had it, yeah, I haven't had it next to the 1920 in a while, so this will be interesting. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited. This is also one of, probably my favorite too, but I don't want to like piggyback. Ah. Oh, that knows that knows. Well, so there is a lot of debate over which is better, 1910 or 1920. Right. Some people like the higher proof of the 1920, and we know why. But, you know, and they're, they're getting help for that. It, it is a heated debate, though. Ongoing. But let's see. Maybe, maybe some minds will be changed today. I don't know. Man, that is like so, so sweet. Smells, yeah, it smells sweet. 
What is that dessert? Delightful. Mm. I gotta look at this flavor like wheel. Creme brulee. Yeah, is that what you're getting? I don't know. I'm naming. Like, I feel like it's like butterscotchy. Yeah, little, little that, maybe a little burnt brown sugar. Totally. I believe all of the above. I was thinking more the creme brulee for the brulee part, the burnt, like the Ooh. burnt. There's a little burnt smell to it. Yeah. Oh my I'm god, totally. that's too easy drinking. I don't, who who wouldn't like this bourbon? I, I I really do like it. I I actually I feel like I'm suffering a little bit from recency bias, but I do feel like this is my favorite. Of yeah. Three. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll we'll see if the 1920 changes yeah. your mind. But no, this is this is a phenomenal bourbon. So what's kind of cool about this is, um, I guess the the bourbon enters that second barrel at 100 proof, but they they um, proof it down to 93 for the bottle. So. Something about that second barrel. You know, we recently had a uh, a bunt cake that was a vanilla bean cake um, covered in caramel sauce. Yep. This reminds me a lot of that. Mm. That vanilla bean, that caramel. It's oh man, it's it's there's a richness to it mm-hmm. that I am here for. It's I, rich without being too hot. It's it's rich, but it's not obnoxious about about it. You know, it's got yeah. money. Yeah, but it's not throwing your face. You know? So, would you pair the bunt cake with this, or would that be overkill? Oh my god! If we had some of that bunt cake right now, I'd be. I hate you for finishing that bunt cake. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, but, no, I totally get. This has got um, really, really awesome uh, kind of dessert qualities to it that I'm, I'm just like, all kind of all over the place trying to pick something out of it. But I agree with you. No, yeah, it, it's definitely hard to pick. Like, I, I think it's like. John always likes to find like a dish to call it. Like if I say it tastes like green beans, he's like, "Oh, it's like green bean casserole." <laughs> like he comes up with like a like he's a one upper. Well, I would, yeah. No. <laughs> well, I would tell you that it tastes like an oatmeal, a sweet oatmeal raisin cookie, but that's from the distillery, not my own. <laughs> um, but that is the type of thing you would say. But I wouldn't disagree with it. <laughs> not you know, it doesn't taste like a raisin. Doesn't taste like say, a cookie. It tastes like both. <laughs> all mushed up in my mouth. There is a richness to this though that I really like in bourbon. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Like, if you were gonna, if you were gonna um, go to a party where people knew you as like the bourbon person, uh, which and you, happens uh, to us all the time. Oh my god, the pressure that that mm-hmm. creates, and you're like, oh, okay, I just flew into the city. I need to. Boy, are my arms tired. Yeah, <laughs> this is a bottle that I would bring to any occasion and be like, or I would tell anybody that they should take it for their buddy's birthday or their, you know, like whatever. Right, right, right. So. Definitely. I games. like that bottle, man. It's so would you good. say that bottle? You know, I, I, yes, I would say Old Forester 1910, that bottle fucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Now, I know we have some more interesting stuff coming after this that might, may also, so I don't like to throw that around on loosey goosey. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to be saying that like three, four times in one podcast. And certainly but not I, around children. I love that 1910, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well. Here's the, the fan favorite. What's the uh, price point on the nineteen ten? What is that around fifty five? Fifty five bucks. Yeah. Fifty five. The others are around like forty five to fifty, aren't they? Yeah, and then the nineteen twenty is um, up to sixty now. Yeah, mm-hmm. so but, a couple bucks more. But I mean, honestly, it's been like around. These have stayed around these prices for the last couple of years. I mean, maybe a little. Yeah, it's crept up a few dollars, but yeah. in the last yeah, not, year, not significantly. Inflation hasn't impacted that. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. We'll see. People still drink a lot, Andrea. Maybe even more so now. Listen, <laughs> Probably more so. Yeah. Listen, if, if inflation wasn't a thing in George Garvin Brown's age, it's not a thing today. Nope. <laughs> All right. So we're pouring the 1915, 1920, excuse me, 1920. No, it's we'll, a, we'll try your 1915 next. Well, I got confused. I got Parker confused. might be a little salty about that. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's the proof that kind of threw me off because the proof, it's 115 proof. Oh, okay. 1920 is 115 proof. So, I didn't realize it was that high. I was thinking it was like 105, 110. Yeah. Well, you know, Old Forester, their barrel entry proof is probably like, it's probably at 125, which is the maximum it can be for bourbon. Well, yeah. Well, and some of our favorite Old Forester products are those single barrels that we rave about no, 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 no. that are, you know, 128 <laughs> proof, 130 proof. Yeah. So this one is... Speaking of bottles that fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Almost all of them. So this one but, is... But not all of them, John, as we found out the hard way. Not all of them are great. It's very important, almost. Mm-hmm. So this one is um, is Prohibition style, and the idea is it celebrates Old Foresters being one of the six distilleries and the handful of companies overall that are allowed to make and sell whiskey during Prohibition. Isn't that wild? Yeah. You know why? Because you used to think that whiskey had medicinal qualities, right? 
Do we not think that anymore? No, now we know it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so they um, are the only company that was allowed to do that that's still in the whiskey business today. So I think that's kind of cool. It kind of harkens back to this being a real legacy brand. Oh, 100%. Um, the 150 proof is kind of odd, and I'll tell you about that maybe after we take our first sip. I get like kind of a, a grassier nose or something on this. Yeah, I get a little more of that heat on the nose. I feel like I smell more like caramel than butterscotch like the other ones. Oh, yeah. On the like nose, yeah, it's not quite as... Um, I don't have the depth of that uh, sweetness on the nose as I did on the first I last agree. couple. You know what, though? Um, kind of mixing it around, I'm getting a little bit more, but it's it's like almost like... Um, Zestier, almost. I don't know how to describe like that. Citrus zest, like, like an yeah. orange zest. Yeah, but it's not quite. Like maybe a tangerine it's like, zest. More like lemony zest. Yeah, or like um, almost like fruit and floral. Uh, kind of like if you put your nose up to like a flower, and like got a really good whiff of a like rose petal. Yeah, the the petal of the rose, not the middle of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're a jerk. All right, so listen. I stand by my earlier statement, 1910 is better. I agree. There, And that is not to say this is not a wonderful bourbon. Wait, you haven't even talked about what you tasted. Let's talk about what this tastes yes. like. So it lacks, in my opinion. What? That's what, not what it doesn't have? Okay, go ahead. Well, stay with me. All right, you, I'm here with you. I'll feed you baby bird. Don't worry. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it lacks some of that richness that the 1910 has. Yeah. You, you still get... I want to say almost like a lighter version. I, I get more citrus on this than I do. Yeah. And you trade some heat for that richness. Yeah. It's a little hotter. There's a little more citrus, a little less uh, that caramely um, brown sugariness, you know, not quite as sweet. A hint of anise maybe, but definitely a little oh. more zesty, citrusy yeah. thing going on here, which is not bad. On the, It's not bad. If you gave me this bottle... I would drink it. I would not be upset about it. All right. Let's hear from our certified Irish whiskey taster on this one. (laughs) Well, you know, I don't really have the right vocabulary to talk about this stuff. I will say I like the 1910 better. I feel like I could drink that more easily and for a longer period of time. But there is like a heat or a burn about this one that I do enjoy. So you like the Kentucky Hug? hug? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which the 1910 kind of lacks. Would you say there's any hug to that? And that's why I want to come to the defense of 1920. And I also, just one more thing, I also think um, I, I would, if my goal was not to get like real drunk, this one would be better for me because I would drink it slower. Oh, good point. It is higher proof though too, so keep that mm, in mind. So right. it might not be the best. Yeah. <laughs> so you would probably get drunk at the same rate for both yeah. of them. But I would want, I would definitely, my difference is I could drink 1910 without rocks and I would definitely want at least an ice cube or two. Mm. Um, with the 1920 to open it up a little bit. Also, that would probably like give you a little bit more water. With 115 proof bourbon, if you're sipping that, you probably want to kind of slow that down a little bit with a little bit of yeah. water on that. But yeah. I will say I really enjoyed this neat. Mm-hmm. I actually enjoyed drinking this after the 1910 mm-hmm. because there's something about that um, richness and sweetness of the 1910 that kind of leads it, lends itself to something a little bit hotter afterward to really... Because if you just drank 1910 all night, I think you'd get kind of dulled to it. It's like eating a bunch of chocolate. Eventually, it's just not as good anymore. You need I, those... I, I almost slapped you in the face right there. Yeah. You need that, those hot Takis to no, change you up your... More delicious chocolate, John. I don't understand. It's fine. It's fine. It, again, again, there is nothing wrong with this. It, this is my second favorite of the four. Mm-hmm. I agree. It is wonderful. But... Also for me, I've said this on other podcasts, like my like sweet spot with proofs is usually between 90 and 100. So like when you go up to 115, that's a significant jump. So when you give me this 93, which is like ideal for me, and you you crank it up, then I'm it's more likely that I'm going to like the 93 proof. So I do want to say that there are a couple of like, I could really pick out some flavors in this that I liked. It's a little nuttier than the 1910. So it's like a little bit more savory than that being a little more dessert like yeah for sure i enjoyed that i also enjoyed there's like a little bit more of like a cherry and orange thing going on by my final sips of it i'm getting almost like a and this is kind of anti what we've been saying but it's almost like an old-fashioned or something like that cherry Mm -hmm. and orange so i i peeked at the the old foresters um uh tasting notes here and i saw apple crispness and i definitely 
once I read that, I like I I found that a little bit in there that apple crisp I could flavor. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know what's so I would say normally I would agree with you that 1910 is my favorite, but right now the 1915 or the 1920. Excuse me, I keep saying 15. The 1920 is kind of where what I have liked the most out of the four that we've just had. And listen, while I don't agree with that statement, I would fight to the death for your right to defend it. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> we're going to move on to what's a combo of the 1910 and 1920 that fans call the 1915. So the proof's somewhere between 93 and 115, whatever... There's probably a mathematical equation you could use. I'm not going to lie, and you know this when this was pitched to me, that I'm upset by the notion of taking these two wonderful bottles and mixing them together. I hope you have handsome sons. <laughs> <laughs> and someday. <laughs> no, look, I agree with you, but I'm also surprised that you feel that way because you are the one of the most adventurous people I know with being willing to like put stuff into a, a barrel oh, and finish stuff. Absolutely. I I like blending. I'm generally willing to blend things. I just love those two particular If you told me, "Hey, we're mixing, we're making an 18 83. I think I did the math right there. And I'm mixing the 1897 and the 1870. Like, cool, go for it. Let's let's try this out. But I love these two bourbons. The 1910 so more low. so. Yeah. But I love both of them. Mm-hmm. It's like the like my two children. Obviously, one's my favorite, but I love both of my children. <laughs> and so I am wary of just let's mix them together. But uh, you know, I could Feels be a little slapdash. Absolutely. Slapdash. See, but I am willing to give it a try. That's why we needed Andrea for this so you've episode. Never tried we needed it before? that no triple uh, word score. Yeah, no, I've never tried this before, but I'm willing to give it a try, and we'll see. Maybe, maybe I'll be I'll completely change my mind on it. Maybe I'll yell abomination, and I'll strike you. I don't know. Anything could happen. So well, what? So this one has a cult following. It looks like. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that. John well, knows a lot about cults. Go on. Well, yeah. uh, well, being the founder of this one, I'll tell you about it. No. Um, you know, I just remember when 1910 came out, people uh, started talking about mixing it. And then I was kind of surprised to see this just continue on. Um, it's on Instagram. There's like a hashtag 1915. Um, you can see. And, you know, for folks that are constantly posting about bourbon, a lot of them have opinions on this and like it. So it's really... Let's- I like, oh, man. I like your note here that the proof is between 93 and 115. Oh, yeah, I told you. I can't yeah. do that. I told you. I'm, my profession is not in the math. Not in the maths, as they say in Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm getting a huge flavor of coconut on the nose, and I really enjoy coconut. I was going to say, I feel like it smells kind of medicinal in a way that I don't enjoy. <laughs> Well, it does have healing properties. <laughs> I was I was thinking vanilla on the nose there. Again, get, another common one. I get a little of that coconut you're talking about. I also get some of that vanilla. Which you you're not a big coconut fan. Right? I, I am not, but you know, we'll we'll see. I'm not gonna say anything about this until Parker says his And I do wanna say it's not coconut like sunblock coconut. It's like the coconut candies. Oh, okay. Just for the record. That is a big difference. Yeah. All right, we've tasted this. Everyone's looking at me. I know. Yeah, because I don't. We're waiting for. I don't. I don't want to say what I think first. Well, I think we should start. And you know, when it comes to the courts, the most junior member speaks first. (laughs) So maybe we'll start. John, go ahead. Right. (laughs) I am a junior, so that's fair. But so are you, Parker. That's true. That's true. Well, I think my face said it all. I did not have a good reaction. No, I know you couldn't see my face, listeners, but uh, it was not a good reaction. Did it, it, did it taste as it smelled? Yes. Medicinal. If, you, if you'd like to see pictures of her reaction, check her out on her OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I get you on that. I, I get a kind of a cherry flavor to it that I feel like kind of is um, equated to Robitussin, but I have more thoughts on that. Um, my thought is that I think the 19, you, I feel like you lost the good qualities of both the 1910 and the 1920. You lose the richness of the 1910 and the heat of the 1920. 
and there's just not enough left there. I have to kind of step in and say, I agree. I yeah. think that you're, you're getting like a lot of the cherry or there's something that's like rich at the start. And then at the end, it's not as exciting as the 1920 finishes. No, I agree. I just, it, I mean, it's it's not the worst thing, but it's just, I would rather just drink them as they are. Yeah, you took two things that I love. All right, I'm ready for. Yeah. I tried it three times just to be yeah. sure of my take here. Yeah. And you're right. It's, it. you know, if you just gave me glasses in a bar, I wouldn't be mad. Like, oh, my God, I can't drink this. Like, yeah. it's fine. You took two things that I love yeah. and turned it into something that I like. Yeah. You know yeah. what? That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do like this. If I tasted yeah. this in a blind sample. No, for sure. Compared um, to like but yeah. other stuff. You're going to be like, Rel- oh, it's Relative to the two things that it, that made it, you know, I, uh, mm, yeah, I, it's it's fine. Yeah. I'm upset. Disappointing. We, we, we used two things I love to make something that I only love. I'm upset that it has a cult following, honestly. Like why? I don't understand why people are so big of a fan of well, it. Well, I mean. People love mashups. Also, also, I didn't see how big the cult was. It's like six people. Yeah. <laughs> what makes a cult is not the size, but the fervor like, of I, its members. I, I didn't understand what was going on in Waco, but I mean, it happened. Like, right, right, right. So, I mean, I haven't checked to see how many hashtags 1915 there are, but. I mean, this goes on. I mean, I'm sure this started with uh, Poor Man's Pappy. Oh. And. And such things. And again, like I like blending stuff. Like we've tried blending in the past, and we, have. we will again. Sometimes very successfully, and sometimes not so much. I, there's nothing I could do. There, nothing I could add to that whiskey acres would make it good. Yeah. <laughs> and Ken, if you're listening, I'm sorry that I convinced you to buy that bottle of whiskey acres because it was terrible. I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna pay him money. I'm gonna give him his money back out and, of my pocket. And you can safely say that because you know he's not listening. <laughs> That's true. Um. So the thing about Poor Man's Pappy is uh, it did win our first Windy City Sippers blind tasting. Hold on. What, so is, what is it exactly? Oh, it's um, a mixture of, what is it again? It's like Rip Van Winkle 12 and Weller. Well, no, it's, it's not. Not, not no, no. Rip Van Winkle. It's, it's, it's like Weller 107 and Weller 12 year mixed together, which is basically what Old Rip is. is oh, okay. But like yeah. basically, not exactly. Yeah. And again, it's like I've had it. It's... It's good. Yeah. But would you be better off with those two things individually? Probably. Yeah, because I like Weller 12 and I don't like Weller 107. I mean, not that you can find Weller 107 hardly anymore. It's an unpopular opinion. But I actually, when I was at um, dinner with Morgan over the weekend, they had a Weller 107 pick. And two of the listeners are unpaid intern Morgan. Uh, yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but I, did a, I, had a, I had one pour of that and it was pretty good. There are some good picks. I mean, there's yeah, always a, good picks pick. out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's always great picks out there of things and bad picks. We where, mm-hmm. where pray tell was that in the Chicago area? RPM Italian. Mm. They have a decent list of uh, RPM picks, Italian. actually. Yeah. Mm, we should make plans together. Mm-hmm. Next podcast on location. RPM Italian. <laughs> we t- our newest we, we sponsor. T- we t- RPM t- we t- Italian. We and Juliana can be our guests. We can taste all mm. of the different, uh, all of their different picks. <laughs> Wait, who are who are those people? Oh, Bill and Juliana Rancic. They own RPM Italian. And they were good friends of yours? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Juliana Rancic used to be an e-host. Um, and mm-hmm. Bill was on, what was that show? Um, he was on some reality show. Oh. Yeah. That's, I mean, even if you named it, I probably wouldn't know which one. So no, I, I'm not sure I would either. I think you would. It was pretty. Really? Okay. Yeah. Was but it, do, they, do they own all the RPMs? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, it was Family Double Dare. So oh, for yeah, those I do of, know that one. For those of you who are not from the Chicago area, there's a great um, family of restaurants called RPM Italian RPM steak and RPM seafood, and all of which are real fancy and very delicious. So yeah, visit much, when you come into town. Much like those TV shows, uh, Chicago Fire PD and whatever the other one is. Yeah, this <laughs> uh, Med uh, Chicago Med. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I live in Chicago. I don't watch those. But <laughs> no, I, no. Anyway, well, anyways, I'm excited that let's we're get gonna, back. Let's get back. I'm excited that we're going to end on a very positive note. Um, Old Forester Birthday Bourbon. This is unlike the Whiskey Row, not as available. Comes out once a year in September. Uh, to celebrate the birthday of the founder of Old Forester, George Garvin Brown. Thanks, George. Thank you, Georgie. Um, it started being released in 2002, and this is the 2021, uh, so just shy of uh, 20 years. Um, and this particular one is... Uh, so, oh, so what I was going to say is that each year the proof ranges... That's what I was going to ask. Like, how did, how is it each one different each year? Well, so they, um, the master taster and I think, uh, the, 
president of Old Forester, but the most important thing is Master Taster Jackie Zykin uh, is involved in this process of finding the barrels that get batched mm-hmm. together to make Old Forester birthday bourbon. Personal acquaintance of John's. Good friend, good friend. Um, so this particular batch is 119 barrels. So if you think about like each barrel probably has uh, around 170 to 220 mm-hmm. bottles in it. Yeah, I was going to say like 200 average probably. Well, like if you think about like this is probably not barrel proof, so it's probably going to be closer to like 200 or above, mm-hmm. but it's not exactly proof down to like, you know, yeah. 90. So this proof, this one on this um, is 104 and this batch, all these barrels were aged 12 years. So I think we're in for a real treat. I mean, yeah. I don't think I've ever had birthday bourbon. Well, today it's your birthday. <laughs> it's all of our birthdays. It smells great. It smells really good. Oh man, that smells. That smells like fruit. Punch. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I was gonna say like red fruit. Yeah, it's laughing at me. <laughs> it smells like warmer times. Oh, I want to freeze it into ice, ice cubes and skate on it. Certified Melt Irish, it in the springtime and drink it. <laughs> Certified Irish whiskey taster Andrea. Do you have thoughts on? What you're smelling? I don't know. I, I think it was talked up a lot for me, and then it like... Did it fall flat? A little bit. <laughs> well, have you tried it yet? Yeah. And you didn't like it? No, no, no. Not that I didn't like it. I think my expectations were just very high. Mm-hmm. I need mm. to taste it again. Well, I think probably what you're tasting, number one, is that it is hotter than everything we've had. Is it? 104? Yeah. So, well, I guess you're right. Um, the last thing we had was... Yeah. Um, probably closer to that mm-hmm. and before. Um, it's got way more going on, and it's nothing like what we just had. No. It, it's it got the richness that I like in the 1910. Oh, it's super rich, yeah. But mm. it's not as sweet, so it's almost more drinkable, but somehow more complex at the same time. It's a delight. Yeah, it's got... Um, it's tangy almost in a good tangy way. Tangy is a good word for it. Um, yeah, there's some citrus. There's a lot going on there, though. It, it's so hard to it, put my it's finger funny. on the it. Fir- the first thing I thought, because I haven't tried this year of it yet until right now, it reminds me, it's like what the 1915 should have been. Oh, yeah. That's probably fair, yeah. Because it's got, instead of like losing the good part qualities and keeping the bad qualities of the two. It, it has both. It's like, oh, it's got the the sweetness I liked in the 1910, but the citrusy, like the positive citriness, citry, I don't know what the word is for it. Yeah. Citrus note. Of the 1920 with a little more heat, but yet a little bit deeper complexity that the 1910 had. It's got all the good qualities of both those things. Yeah. And it's the heat's not as like intense it. as the 1920. It's there. Mm-hmm. But, but well, yeah, it, and I, it's a nice amount of heat. I, but I don't get a Kentucky hug on this, though. No. It's, you don't? No, no. It's, up, it's all up front. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do. I got a very lingering Kentucky hug. Did you really? Like and a I, grandmother won't let go. <laughs> and I don't feel like you mean that in a good way. No, no, no actually, I do. Yeah. I yeah. oh, see. She said she likes the Kentucky hug. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, they do say the lengthy this is a lengthy finish and warm with subtle dryness. Actually, I just found it. Like I didn't feel it initially, but I just found it like down here. <laughs> She's pointing to a my part boobs. Of her, her part, of, yeah. <laughs> her dirty pillows, if you will. I don't taste at all the chocolate and raisin that it notes here. Well, you know, I get a little of chocolate. I don't get the raisin though. Taste is subjective. So what do you know is what he's saying. Nice no, way. not not her, but the person who wrote this up. I mean, I haven't, I haven't really, <laughs> I haven't really blasted the person who wrote these flavor notes, but some of them are just a little ridiculous. Like, no, I agree. One of them that I left on here because I did some editing for this was something like, um, oh, it was sticky toffee. I'm like, how do you taste something that's sticky? I what's, mean, the mouthfeel, I guess. What's a Linzer cookie? Can you explain that to me? Um, I can when you're older. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think that. Um, I think it's a lemon cookie. There's yeah, there's some sort of like sugar and spice going on in that. That would actually make sense then. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, um no, I think draw. it's I think it's probably fair. Like the, I don't get really a lot of the burnt sugar. I feel like it's moved away from that aspect of like the nineteen ten and moved closer to the nineteen twenty for me. It is pretty bright. It's mm-hmm. um peppery, but it's like totally tropical in a really like Yeah, it's got Yeah, the, there's definitely some like various fruit flavors happening. It's got that tropical zest, the 20, but better. And, but still maintains that like caramely sweetness of the 10. Mm-hmm. It's great. Very good. So go down to your local grocery store, buy a bottle. Right. Well, the thing is they don't have it on the shelf. So you have to ask the liquor person, um, frequently and accuse them of having it in the back. 
Yeah, they, they love it when you do that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, so we've, we've had everything. I'd like to get people's final compare and contrast and, and, sh- and favorites. Maybe we, if everybody's thinking the birthday bourbon's their absolute favorite, maybe we set that one aside. Yeah, I, th- I think the birthday bourbon, it's a, its own category. <clears throat> yeah, because that's not part of the whiskey row. But, but so. if, if birthday bourbon wasn't your favorite, then please note it. It was not my favorite. My favorite was the 1910. Whoa! Yeah. Said with conviction. <laughs> I just, I, 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 again, I think my expectations were really high and I was just like, oh, it's fine. The, you're talking about the, the birthday, birthday bourbon. bourbon. Yeah. Well, it's funny is that you liked the old fine whiskey spelt the Irish way. I had a joke I didn't say and you're welcome, John. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll let that one go down in the annals of Shy Bourbon's guy's uh, history. <laughs> and I do mean annals. Yep. Mm-hmm. The 1910 is fantastic. Thank you, Andrea, for game-recognizing game game right there. That's what that is. You've just renewed your certification. Mm -hmm. The, I mean, I do like the birthday bourbon. I'm a big fan. I think that is the, it is a step above the whiskey row, as it should be. It's, this retails for twice, I'm sorry, four times as much, three times, whatever it is. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's four times as much. You're right. I'm sorry. It's like two times as much. Two and a half times as much. Okay. Oh my God. Can you just say how much it is? I forget. I honestly don't remember (laughs) off the top of my head. I think I thought it was like around the mid 150. I think it's like 150. Yeah. Okay. And if the other ones are 50 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's three times. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So it should be. Highway robbery. It should be better. Well, um, the secondary value. We're we're not drinking to a dreamist. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Who uh, literally did engage in that. It is his own product. Mm hmm. But no, um, I mean the what's crazy about birthday bourbon, just a side note, is that I remember when I first started like collecting bourbon like in twenty seventeen, eighteen, this bottle was sold for like around a hundred bucks, but people were buying it for like three hundred dollars mm-hmm. um after market. And now I think it's like seven or eight hundred dollars, which is That's too expensive. Incredible. Well the, the secondary market is such a It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous place. I do wanna say I very much appreciate the bottle of the birthday bourbon, like Whoa. aesthetically. Yeah. It's very short, different. The short squat bottle. I just I appreciate it. It's different. You do like short squat people and things, <laughs> so yeah. That's fair. Exhibit A. I like my whiskey like I like my men. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, it is a really cool bottle. It's um you could make a really great lamp out of it as uh mm. Dram Fine Lamps. Uh, does my my dad used to do that when he was in college when he was in a fraternity that's what they did they took liquor bottles and made them into lamps and sold them to raise money those those lamps are probably worth some money i had one i had the one he got he made for like years until it it just stopped working and he i asked him to fix it and he said he was like i don't remember how (laughs) (laughs) now john the real question so i think three of us like 1910 you like 1920 is that you fair know, to say? I, I'm, here's the thing. I think on any given day, I might go with 1910. <clears throat> but today, I really was impressed with that 1920. And, mm-hmm. and it just, it really um, had what I was looking for in that moment. I am, um, you know, I again, I like the 1920. Honestly, the 1870, I, I, I could do without it. I'm, yeah. there, there, I'll say it. Mm-hmm. And I love Old Forester, but that 1870... It's like eh. It's but like forty five bucks, eight, and it's eh, eighteen ninety seven is is still good. Eighteen ninety seven solid. And you know, I I think that we all did. Remember when we went to Bub City and did? Oh it yeah. The same? Mm-hmm. I think I remember having the same feeling about eighteen seventy back then. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's not great. Uh, that the, was the other in my earlier so days of tasting, and I didn't feel like I had the knowledge to be able to analyze the way I do now. But um, no, doing that today, nineteen ten is definitely my favorite. Um, and yeah, night. Uh, 1870 like it's fine you know Whatever. what though I, mean, I am thinking about this to play devil's advocate i bet the 1870 today is better than it was back in 1870 <laughs> yes john i yeah. would imagine it is better now i think a lot of things are better now than they were in 1870 the air conditioning like the wi-fi yeah yeah <laughs> air, air conditioning and wi-fi way better today yeah for same sure. with the tvs and women's rights <laughs> still but, working on that one I, yeah. I i think an interesting um exploration maybe in season three would be uh oh, so, Spirits Guy season three? Yeah. We're in season two are, now. Are we in season two? Yes. Okay. Yes. I didn't even As know. As the that. person who labels the season episode the episodes uh, arbitrarily. <laughs> well I, New Year, new season is what my take was. Okay. Fair. But uh I would like to try at some point some of our high end favorites of Old Forester, which we kinda did a little bit in that one hundred fiftieth anniversary one, but I would love to try the birthday bourbon, the hundred and fiftieth anniversary, and some of the single barrel picks we're so fond of. 
we, and, and really figure out which one is the best one. We should do that like on a day that's exactly between your birthday and my birthday. <laughs> Doesn't that feel right? Like that, does right feel, that does feel great. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm very curious because I like to, I love the birthday bourbon, but I really like some of those picks we got. And I love that batch two of the 150th. Yeah. And I'd be really curious in a, like a four-way side-by-side with two of those picks, this and that. To see what really is the best thing they make. When we do that, can we also incorporate this bottle of Goose Island finished uh, in uh, Old Forester 150th barrels that you got me for Christmas? Uh, yes. Yes, we could do that. That so, would be wonderful. That sounds like an episode. I would offer up the hundred or the uh, the birthday bourbon finished one, but we'll definitely drink that before then. Yeah, I sure hope so. Um, so that's a future episode. Any other future episodes that we have in the books that we want to chat about? Uh, we got some fun ones coming up. I know we keep we got to do it at some point. That peanut butter whiskey episode, it's happening, guys. We do. Um, we do have a Jack Daniels episode coming up. Yeah, well, look out for that. Th- that's actually going to have aired the week before this. Damn so it. <laughs> <laughs> coming up, coming back. So we recorded that already. It will be out before this one. Whenever you want to listen to it. Yeah, <laughs> right. But we do have uh, a few other ideas on the horizon, and then. Mm-hmm. I have a whole notebook full of more episode ideas. But you can help add to Parker's notebook by sending us some mail. An email. Yeah. Yeah. We we love we always appreciate your feedback, guys. Um, chai spirits guys at gmail.com with any episode ideas. Qu- mailbag mail ma- questions. Yeah, mailbag questions. Mm-hmm. We love answering a good mailbag question. Yep. How much time? We're, okay, we're a little long today, so we're not going to do mailbag today, but nope. we'll save it for next time. Yep. Please send in your questions. Well, yeah. Sorry, Phil in Seattle. You're going to have to wait. And also, uh, please check us out on Instagram at Chai Spirits Guys. Yeah, so thanks so much, guys. Uh, We will see you next time here at Chai Spirits Guys. Cheers. Cheers.